Hello, this is Mark Tucker. And this is Alan Furstenberg, and together we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Happy New Year, Alan. Happy New Year, Mark. Hey. Yay. How are you doing? How was your New Year? (laughs) Actually, pretty quiet. I don't do a lot for New Year's, but uh, excited kind of to to see how... uh, you know how this new year goes um lots of things you know just personally and you know family wise just things are you know continue to to move along so happy to to see you know what what happens there and just in in work and technology excited to see where where things are going that's always one of the things about our industry that i both like and are kind of frustrating on some level is it's always changing. It's always something new. It's always exciting. We're always moving, but it means we're always moving and that can get tiring sometimes. I I love the fact, you know, I've been doing this for 30 plus years and I love the fact that I'm learning new things, you know, uh, if I would have just uh, stuck with the COBOL programming that I learned when I was in college, um, then it, it would be less exciting. Yeah. More profitable, perhaps. <laughs> that that's possibly true. Um, but yeah, I I just see all the different things I've I you know I've done spent a lot of time doing that. You know, SQL databases, um, desktop, web, various incarnations of web, smart client. There, I just there's just so many things, and you know, and just dedicated the last uh, seven plus years uh, doing voice and and even things that are are changing. You know. Always this last year has been a crazy year, so it's just been yeah, lots. I I love to learn new things, uh, but it is sometimes crazy. Right. How, so, but, so this learn. isn't the looking back episode that was last week. This I know is it the was. Looking, this is the looking forward episode. Okay. So, so, so what are we excited about for twenty twenty four? Well, I think there might be some additional things happening in that small world of LLMs that we kind of heard a little bit about last year. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, yeah, probably. I, yeah. I, I think the pace is just going to continue with LLMs and just keep going with you know new models, faster models, bigger models, you know more people doing models, new 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 types of things. There's just I, th- I think it's going to be um, AI, AI, AI. So, um, so within that, what are the things you're most excited about when it comes to to LLMs this year? So, one of the or, challenges, or or I'd say even AI models in general this year, because yeah, yeah. I think LL, you know, the term LLM is now a misnomer. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I can see that. So. One of the challenges that I've had, you know, especially with having such a passion that I do for voice, voice assistance and voice first technology, you haven't really been able to do a lot with LLMs um, and voice assistance. Um, You can see them mostly in, you know, chatbots or text um, because it just takes so long to generate responses. It's just, you know, six, seven, 10, 20, I don't know, depending on what you're doing. It could be a long time. So I'm looking forward to either smaller models that are better, um, models that are just faster so that they can actually start to be used um, in voice assistance. That voice is a, it's it's, it's more of a natural flow. Yes. Um, as opposed to, you know, what, what it's been. So I, I think that's been kind of a big 
hindrance to LLMs in the voice world. And so I'm really going to have my eye on what happens with uh, the, the latency, solving the latency issues and just making things faster. I agree. You know, what I, what I'm, I would agree on that. And what I'm kind of hopeful for is that I, one of the things that we get out of that is a notion of generated streaming audio. So, you know, in the past, the, the voice assistants that we've been using, they will, will take the, the text to turn into audio or SSML to turn into audio and process the whole thing before they send the audio. Yeah, it's it's definitely the old uh, request process response right model. Um, one of the things though with the 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 large language models is that they're generating their response on the fly. You mm -hmm. know, the next few characters that come out could take a moment, but you know, you can literally see them advancing on the screen sometimes. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see if streaming text to speech becomes more of a thing you know yeah. open ai said that their their model does it but poorly um and it doesn't have all the capabilities that we in the voice world are used to yeah. like ssml like being able to control how certain words are spoken yeah like yeah. a bunch of other things so it'll be interesting to see um if not just we get the less latency on the llm side but also less latency from the text-to-speech portion of that. And if we can tie the two together so that even if we don't have less latency, it feels like we have less latency. Yeah, and I, and I would add to like the beginning side too, things like uh, Whisper, you know, uh, the automatic speech recognition, ASR side of things, where it's doing audio to, um, you know, to the, the text or the intent. Um, so, you know, basically, you got three pieces. You got the input, you got the process, and then you got the output, right? If you can stream, and as you're saying, things are streaming and being translated, and mm. as things are being translated, things are being processed, and as things are being processed, things things are being that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, out then you know, end to end, it's all about you know, can we get this end to end response? Because that's what you know, somebody talking with the device. Is going to is see is just like how is it like some I'm having a conversation with somebody or is it like I'm saying something and then I'm waiting and I'm waiting right. for a response and then it's like you know kind of you know right and as an extension of that you know I think in the past it's been we very much the the way these have been processed have been turn the speech to text process the text yeah what if we start getting models that are more directly speech to intent, speech to contact, speak, you know, yeah. that instead of taking text as input, take speech as input. And how does that, you know, what else can we do with that? Do we get connotations of words? Do we get tonality? Do we get all of the stuff that we, yeah. again, in the voice industry have been saying, it would be really cool if we can do this someday. Do we start getting that? Is this the yeah. year that we get it or not? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure, and I think kind of that that plays into this whole thing, and not necessarily that there's a lot of latency per se with going to these models that are hosted in the cloud, but if we can get the models small enough and still good enough to be hosted on device, 
then the, then you can take out you know another place where there is latency and just you know just remove it as much as that as possible um or even and just even getting them to work you know offline and and sure. in other cases so so well, I, that's that's kind of another area that i'm looking at is you know running these things on device running them local um whether that's a phone that's a raspberry pi that's a you know whatever and you know the companies want to be pushing things on device because yeah. they're paying ridiculous amounts to host these things. If they can make you essentially pay for it with your phone, with your you know device in your house, with whatever, yeah, they would love that. You know, so and and we're starting to see that. You know, Google announced as part of Gemini one of the models that. Is it going to be is going to be available on Pixel 8s real soon now? All right. Um, is there their nano version? And uh, as we we touch base last time, Apple has announced that they've got a paper out on how to do some of this stuff locally. Yep. So you're definitely and you know certainly uh, every time Llama announces something and every time you know the the open source models get released, people are talking about running it on device. Yeah. So that's an exciting world. I think the real question is going to end up being just how good they are, how useful they are, and how we use them. You yeah. know, because again, I feel like, and this is probably one of the things that I see as the the bigger notion here is it's great to have a large language model that you know will uh, you know will help you write a poem that you could use for a podcast. Or, you know, write limericks as a pirate or whatever. That's cool. But I think one of the things we're going to see more and more this year is, okay, how do we how do we use the models um in small, smaller fashions? And do we need huge models for those sorts of things? So, you know, how do we use a model as a personal agent to yeah. understand us better? How do we use it to uh, follow our commands, you know, in a in a more intelligent way than intents were, kind of intent like, yeah, but better. You know, how do we how do we start to bring out the the Jarvis conversations? Yeah, that... exactly. And and I, what I'm thinking on on those lines is that you know with with using you know function calling or agents, yeah, we can get a we can get the functionality to be similar to how we have intents. But one of the challenges of intents is that there was an intent, your utterance mapped to an intent. Whereas right. if your utterance can map to one or more function calls, you could say, oh, I need to, you know, you know find, um, find products that um, are blue, you know, shoes that are blue that are in size three. So there might, uh, and then order them or something like that. Maybe that's your whole utterance. So you, you know, the find would take these different parameters and actually do the search, get the list of results back. And then it could generate what the conversation it needed to be to get to the point where you're, you know, confirm which one you want and you order it. And it actually makes the API call to do the ordering. That, that seems to, you know, handle more complexity of conversation than the simple intent um, utterance to yes. intent mapping. Absolutely. And then when you start pairing it, you know, can we then add that to the voice agents? 
Yeah. So we can have that ambient, ubiquitous conversation. Um, you know, but on the other hand, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see ambient, ubiquitous computing going anywhere in the next year. You know, Google, Google, yes, they've announced, you know, uh, assistant with Bard. And there yeah. are rumors of this Google Pixie agent that's going to be running on device on pixels. But is there a third party story to be had with those? And yeah. my my fear is the answer is going to be no. That we're getting more kind of to the, you know, closed right. systems. Yeah. Right. You know, we know that Alexa is coming out with their LLM suite this year. At least we hope they are. Yeah. But how much of that is going to be skills as we've known them? Yeah. And how much is going to be a more limited lockdown environment? Yeah. So are things going to be, you know, more and more so that, you know, more and more siloed so that they're one uh, first party, one P experiences and that, you know, developers are, are locked out of that world now that, um, you know, part of the the advantage and the draw of of building something on a, like an Alexa is that um, there's millions and millions of devices out there, and if you can get you know the right audience to know that your app or skill functionality is present, then you can get a wide audience. And you know, getting a device into somebody's home is harder than getting them to you know click on a link to for a web app or download an app in the app right. you know, mobile app store and then and this is the conversation we keep coming back to even if there is a third party for this what's the monetization story yes you know because nobody is talking about that yeah is it something where you know companies and dev teams can survive financially with you know putting the effort there is and is the is the upside big enough for organizations to you know pay the the money right. to to do that yeah. i mean you know open ai when they announced gpts which was yep. the nearest thing they had they said there was going to be revenue sharing but there's there's a lot of unknowns behind what yep. that is going to mean you know so i think i think that's the big unanswered question of all of this llm stuff is how do we, how does anybody make money and who is yeah and you know and <clears throat> if it if these models are running on device and no longer in the cloud then what's what's the mechanism to to charge right that, right and maybe it reduces back to our our previous app model which yeah. that's fine yeah. that's worked for some people but lots of questions yeah. That, that I'm excited to see how we answer and I'm excited to be part of the conversations about answering it. Yes. And I really hope the the companies that are building these things are actually having the conversations. And I really want them back in voice agents. You know, I it really was the right approach. And I, I really think we can, I won't say this is the year. Yeah. But I would love it if by the end of the year we really, you know, if, if summertime frame, we saw at least some summertime frame or, you know, when the, the hardware announcements started coming out in the fall, really love it if we could start seeing some nice hints about voice agents returning. 
Yeah, that that would be really yeah, that would be ideal for for me cuz you know, and then what's the developer story too is would be my my question right after that. So, um before we continue on, one of the things that um was really that's interesting to me about um this idea of um agents, um AI agents or um function calling is um is just the fact that you you have more control over over what's going on. Um and and you can still be in control of of what the response is going to be. So maybe you do make API calls and different things to make things happen, uh, whether it's you know smart home or other things. But then you can still be in charge of what the response is going to be. You can either generate the response or you can um, you know serve up the response that you care about. Well, who, who's um, the you in that case? I, I guess the developer, the de organization, okay. the designer of the bot can can well, have control over that because, you know, with LLMs, yeah, yes, you can use it to generate something, or you can say this is the world of things that is the data that you care about, and these are the documents that are important to our company, and so now you have frequently asked questions about the company, but in that case, you're just turning over the the output to the LLMs. I'm interested in a world where LLMs could help me in the natural language processing part of things um, and be able to call functions and, you know, as a developer, still be able to call whatever APIs or things that need to happen right. for that right. and, and then still control what the output is and not hand that output over to uh, to the LLM as well. And I, and I think, you know, we see that already with retrieval augmented generation type systems. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a better understanding of how to build those better and better yeah. as we go along. And I think we're so we're we're going to see a lot more of that this year. I think one of the real challenges is going to be uh if we are talking about function calling and agents, is how much we get away from that app model and towards a function model so that our LL, you know, our, our voice agent, our which is mm -hmm. your know, our, our agent, which is not an app that anyone has written. It's you know an extension of Alexa or Assistant or whoever. Yeah. How much it goes and makes the function calls for us, you know, cutting apps out of the picture completely. That yeah, that is interesting. You know, whether where it starts adopting more of the Bixby model. Yeah. And once you start doing that, well, okay, what are the implications there? Yeah. And again, what are the implications for monetization? Yes. And I don't know. You know yeah, you know, and if you're if you what would have been your app had functions A, B, and C, and they worked really well together, and you packaged them up in a certain way, then then that still may be possible. But what if? you serve up A and C and something else serves up B now because that's the user's preference, then that that might, you know, it, it, that might be better for the user. It might be, it may right. not be because it may not work as well together as if you had, you know. And maybe that's what apps become is instead of, you know, the user interface, that apps really just become the API interface. Maybe. Maybe that would be, you know, so in order to get access to my APIs, you install my app. Yeah. I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe it's more of a delivery package mechanism. Than... Yeah. So, you know, tons and tons of, of interesting <laughs> options. Then if we even begin to, if we begin to scratch the surface on those this year, yeah. 
I'll be excited. Yes, agree. Um, I think the other thing that I know we're we're just beginning to see that, and I think we're going to see so much more of with these LLMs, and this is why I say LLMs are being a mis or, or a misnomer because yeah. we're 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 going beyond language. You know, we're going to start yeah. seeing uh, video input and image input, and you know, output of you know all of these things, and you know. I saw last week, you know, you can now have these models generating CAD outputs and 3D synthesis and, you know, regenerating music. And, you know, there's all sorts of ways to now take different media, combine them together for both input and output. You know, I think when we saw OpenAI start to be able to produce images along with text on its output, and we hear that Gemini it was not just trained on you know language and images separately but it's a unified model um that can now take images and video and text mixed together we'll we'll see where all of this goes yeah i i, I think there you know i don't, I don't know where it's going to end up but there are a bunch of interesting places it could i mean i can now legitimately see it saying you know instead of you know, we, we talked about uh, less latency on on streaming text, so you can turn that into streaming audio. What if it just starts streaming audio directly? Yeah, that that's a native output of it. Um, what if you know on some devices it'll print it out, but also print out cont- you know context buttons that you could click on. That that's yep. a native part of the output. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, but I, I think we'll see more of that uh over the coming year yeah and i'm i'm excited yeah because <laughs> i'm excited only... to see what gemini does yeah, yeah and uh, gemini and there's you know definitely uh, there are some special purpose multimodal models or multimedia models however you want to call them um but and, and there are more of these combined models but you've you've seen the improvement of quality in in just uh image generation in the last yes. year already there's you know text to image creation, but there's also image to video where you can take an image and then have it animated into a video. I've seen things where yep. you can make um, like store animated storyboards or comic strips or and you know what the, I, I, I but I want to I, I feel like I want to not so much rein it in, but I want to yeah. call them to question because you know you and I agreed just a few minutes ago. That, you know, while it's exciting to see it, you know, telling stories like a pirate, the exciting thing to us is letting us do things, do yes. real things. And so while I feel like image generation is nice, I can have it, you know, create portraits of people that actually only have five fingers on a hand now. That's nice. <laughs> But what, you know, and and certainly in some fields, this is important, you know, this is good. You know, it's upending advertising. It's going to be upending, you know, some other places where we're using stock photos. But so what? You know, what, how, can I get it to generate an image that better illustrates this data than a simple pie chart? Will it be able to generate music? Will it be able to generate audio? that can better highlight the sales report. And and those are, are 
almost silly in some ways, but how do we get what what multimodal output yeah. will make will will help us to do things better? And I don't have an answer to that yet. Yeah, because you know, you know, there's there's still this you know this whole range of you know AI in tools that are going to make you know workers, knowledge workers, whatever, better because they're using these tools or do things faster, be be another tool in their belt to to get things done. Well, I would I would even say go, you know, go being beyond knowledge workers. If I am um you know currently if I am repairing a car, I've got a, a static manual yes. for it. Okay. And and one of the things that people used to love to talk about is that manual is now going to be on a tablet and it's going to be animated. Okay. How do I, you know, use that information now and create a dynamically generated movie that illustrates what I want to do? Is that possible? Is that feasible? Is that reasonable? Is that what I want? Yeah. Um, what are the, you know, pictures of people that don't exist are cool? You know, synthetically aging, you know, projecting what, you know, uh, Einstein would have looked like had he lived to the age of 200. Cool, I guess. But what's the practical use of this? Yeah. Show, you know, I, 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 and I don't know that we're going to get that this year. Yeah. That's my, I think that's my blue sky, but I don't, I don't think we'll get there. And I, I feel like we're still, the hype cycle of AI is still rising. We're yeah. not, we're not yet at the, this is we're we're not past the this is cool phase. Yeah, I th I think I think you're right on that. I um yeah, I think there's lots um that are it's kind of exploring what it can do, um, improving the quality of what it started to do, you know, branching out to multiple you know, media forms with, with different inputs and different outputs. So I think I think there's going to still be a lot of growth in in uh, in 2024 as far as what what can these things do why do i care what what's you know what's available i think the why do i care is the important part yeah yeah um and i think some of that's going to be tempered at least i hope it is yeah. by regulations that i'm sure are also coming this you know yeah. this year you know in some ways as developers that's outside you know that that's that's a higher pay grade than mine, but we yeah. need to pay attention to it because yeah, it behooves us to make sure we understand what's going on and we live within the regulations because the regulations are there because people people want to make sure these systems are protecting their their jobs, their safety, their privacy. Yeah. And you know, and as consumers that are using these types of you know, tools or um, things that have AI embedded in them now, um, we can, you know, speak up, you know, if there's something that we don't like, we can speak up against the, the companies and let our voices be heard to the companies. We can, we can vote with our dollars and either purchase or not purchase things. Um, and uh, when it goes into the realm of, you know, local state and federal law, we can let our voices be um, heard to our representatives as well as with the things that are important um, to us and and things that we're you know concerned about. Exactly, and I and I think as engineers, 
it is our responsibility to bring our knowledge or our industry knowledge to make sure that the as we're integrating AI into these systems, that the safety measures that we've made sure have been in them are still in them. Yeah. That that just be you know that we can't, we're not just handing everything over to an AI to deal with. We are still building into these systems the things that we have always considered important. And and where regulations haven't been. And so and and there are questions about where this data is coming from and bias on stuff. It's up to us uh, as developers to say this is this is a line we're not crossing. Um, Absolutely, because it's probably going to hit us before it is official. Well, you know, in a I, number of cases, yeah. I, I think it's our obligation again as yep. engineers. You know, we we there's always been this this notion, uh, you know, this this debate of uh, is is programming an art, a science, or an engineering field. And this is a case where we have to put the engineer hats on and say, we are assessing the risks yeah. and we are helping management assess the risks. And here's our assessment. Yep. But I think there's cool stuff coming. There is. And uh, I, th I think, uh, you know, when, when this time hits next year and we're looking back, I think we're going to have a lot, of, lot to talk about and a lot of, you know, new things that we've learned and uh, probably some, some additional cautions. I, you know, I hope this year, uh, definitely agree. You know, it's going to be an exciting year. So uh, let's hold on. And we'll be spending the next 50 or so weeks covering it and talking about it and exploring it with you on Two Voice Devs. Two voice steps. Take care, Mark. Yep. Thank you, Alan. You take care too.